It's turning out to be one of the offseason's biggest question marks. Will Ryan Johansson and or Matt Duchesne be back with the Nashville Predators next season? There's a couple comments from Barry Trotz that spearheaded that question. We'll get his take, Ryan Johansson's take on the offseason, and Matt Duchesne's take on the offseason today on the Locked on Predators podcast. Locked On Predators, your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Predators your first listen of the day every single day. We are your free daily nashville predators podcast available on all platforms and on youtube i'm nick morgan i'm a writer at penalty box radio and i got a partner in crime you do i'm ann kimmel i'm a writer and editor at insidethepreds.com also want to mention today's episode is brought to you by game time download the new game time app create an account and use code locked on nhl for twenty dollars off your first purchase And I feel like I need to open by speaking from the heart a little bit here. You and I have talked about, you know, Preds Twitter and some frustrations with some of the fans and maybe people overreacting. Oh, God. Um, I will say this. At least we're not in the middle of the Toronto Maple Leaf sphere right now. Oh, my goodness. Oh, boy, are things getting spicy up north. Like that is wheels off the bus scenario in in a 60 minute span. Oh my gosh. Booed by the crowd going off the ice. I mean, that's unpleasant. That's unpleasant. The uh, torches and pitchfork store up there on (laughs) Queen Street, up there in uh, Mississauga, doing gangbusters right now. Let me tell you that much. Oh. Yeah, the fan base is, is uh, they have big feels. Yeah. And rightly so. Like, they've been through some things over the last long stretch. But, oh, that game did not go how Toronto thought it was going to go. Yeah. Uh, forget, you know, we were still talking. It's like, oh, what's the reaction going to be if the Maple Leafs, uh, you know, lose the first round series or lose in seven games again? Uh, forget that. Let's see what happens if they uh, have, like, this – type of game for the next couple of games let's see the reaction if that happens and also uh first off shout out seattle kraken let's go uh but other than that uh the rest of the games around the uh playoff sphere last night uh let's just say not as exciting as maybe the first night yeah definitely not as big a cliffhangers for sure i thought they were interesting games uh liked seeing winnipeg perform as well as they did against vegas i think winnipeg got the yips out of their system at the end of the regular season and so i feel like they're in a good spot um but i was kind of surprised how well they handled vegas the toronto tampa bay game hot mess slash dumpster fire yeah. Um, to, to be fair, I, I don't know if Toronto is going to come out with that same uh, the same level of play uh, for the next four games. I, mean, just I would agree. Bad game, uh, but I will say all their, um, I guess, apathy in trying to address the goaltending situation, not looking too great right now. 
Yeah. Speaking of goaltending situation, let's talk about the Seattle Kraken and the Colorado Avalanche. If I had told you that you would want to put money on Grubauer over Georgiev, you would have thought I'd been drinking a bit. But look at Seattle Kraken. I'm not saying that Grubauer was like UC Sorrow seeing it up. But he had a lot of support from the defense. He made some big saves when he needed to. That game was fascinating to watch. That was a fascinating hockey game to watch. Yeah. Uh, Also, first goal in Seattle Kraken history, uh, playoff history. Uh, Missed it. Didn't see who did it. I'd probably somebody who uh, would not generate a lot of buzz on any Nashville Predators related podcast. So we can probably move on from that. You know, know, whether... Whether you're Toronto, whether you're New Jersey, whether you're Vegas, whether you're Colorado, uh, they all have one thing over the Nashville Predators, and that's that they're in the playoffs. Yes. And the Nashville Predators aren't. Uh, again, as we've mentioned many times before, first time since 2014 that the Nashville Predators aren't in the postseason, which means we're in offseason mode, folks, and a lot of attention is on the Nashville Predators roster specifically right now two curious players ryan johansson and matt duchene mm-hmm. now this has kind of been an interesting topic because of course it was johansson and duchene's injuries down the stretch that opened the door for guys like luke evangelista to come in and play a big role right away uh, a big reason tommy novak started getting more you know consistent top line minutes down the stretch guys like phil tomasino playing big roles so as Nashville Predators, as David Poyle said at the deadline, took a step back to take a step forward. Mm-hmm. We're looking at the roster. We're looking at some players you would want to have on the team at the start of next season. And that's left a lot of people wondering about what role Johansson and Duchesne are going to have on this team moving forward. And I think maybe the better question, Anne, is do they have a role at all? Yeah, and this is something that's been brewing for a couple seasons, but really is coming to a head right now. You remember in the Kraken expansion draft, both Duchesne and Johansson were left unprotected. So this is something that's been brewing for a little while. What is their value to this team? We know their financial value to this team, and, and that's a part of this whole bigger picture is their paychecks. But what is their value to this team? And it just has elevated now that you've seen these younger players coming in, having some success down the stretch in these last 20 games while Duchesne and Johansson were out with injury. And so the question has just grown. Where do they fit in? And and if they don't fit in, what can you even do about it? So this is, I think, going to be one of the hottest topics in the offseason. And I think this is probably going to be one of the most important offseasons for both of those players. Yeah. And I think the thing you said is if they don't fit in, what do you do with them? Because that's the important thing. Uh, And there's a lot of context, a lot of nuance, especially when I feel like you're talking with Ryan Johansson. That's the big one. We know the story of Ryan Johansson came in here, was kind of expected to be the long, elusive number one center of the Predators. Never really had since, you know, the mid-2000s with, you know, Jason Arnett coming in. Uh, And there has been a lot of success with Ryan Johansson. You know, he's a guy, you know, had uh, 50 uh, assists, 
one year, you know, he was arguably the best skater on the team during the 2017 postseason. Right. And there's a lot of people that die on the hill and saying Johansson doesn't get hurt. The Preds maybe win the Stanley Cup that year. There's yeah. a lot of people, not just in Nashville, but uh, pundits around the league who say that. Um, but an $8 million contract, and this is kind of where the nuance comes in, Anne. Yeah. This is a player that you and I have both talked about it, has done a lot of good, provides still to this day a lot of value. But where the complicated nature of Ryan Johansson comes in is, is he living up to the expectations the Predators had for him when they, when they signed him to that $8 million a year contract? Is he the player that they needed him to be when he signed that deal? Or is he a case of a very good player that's not necessarily the player they needed him to be? Yeah, and I think we're still wrestling with that question right now. And I think the question, like I said, gets more complicated based on what we've seen from these younger players because now all of the sudden, some of those things that made Ryan Johansson uniquely valuable to the Nashville Predators, like I kind of talk about, he has like a Liam Neeson particular set of skills kind right. of thing. You know, with face-offs, he's very good on the power play. Um but now you're seeing these younger players coming in. Can they jump in and sort of fill that niche role that Ryan Johansson has sort of leaned on for his value with the Nashville Predators? It gets a little bit more complicated with how this season ended. And, and Ryan Johansson is in for a fight, I think. I think he is facing a, a very unique situation since he came to the Nashville Predators, I think this is a very different position for him as a player. Yeah, and there's a reason that we think that this is kind of going to be a cloudy situation uh, and maybe, in, you know, an ever-evolving situation this offseason. And part of that is the quote that Barry Trotz had. You know, he said something very specific about Ryan Johansson that I think, you know, this conversation was happening before, but these comments really, I think, moved this conversation into the forefront. So I want to get to those comments in just a second and kind of break down what Ryan Johansson's role is. And similarly, what Matt Duchesne's role is too, because remember, he's another $8 million guy that the Preds are going to kind of have to look at and see, okay, where does he fit long-term with all these young people coming out? So we're going to get to the soundbite and conversations on both players in just a second. First, though, want to mention today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. If you've been to the Predators game before, you know that sometimes buying tickets can be a little stressful. And not just Predators, but NBA, concerts, comedy shows, especially when you're trying to buy them last minute. You're not sure what seats are available. There's all these added fees and you know weird price increases that you're not sure what they're from. It can be a little bit stressful. That's where game time comes in. Buying tickets to your favorite sporting events shouldn't be stressful. That's why game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all your sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. They've got killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guaranteed. So you can stop stressing over all the tickets and prices and fees and all that good nonsense. And instead, focus on getting hyped for all the fun you'll have 
at the event. You don't need to plan months in advance to go see your favorite sports teams. Instead, game time has deals on tickets up to the day of the event. And you can get exclusive flash deals for tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy theater, and of course, hockey. And the game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will give you 110% of the difference. There's a reason game time is the fastest growing ticketing app in the country. So snag the tickets without the stress using game time. Download the game time app, create an account and use code locked on NHL for $20 off your first purchase terms apply. Again, that is uh the code locked on NHL for $20 off on the game time app. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right. And our big topic of the conversation today is the futures of Ryan Johansson and Matt Duchesne in Smashville. Uh, it's an interesting conversation, one with a lot of nuance mm-hmm. and kind of complicated twists and turns, depending on which situations you look at. The reason this is coming to the forefront is what Barry Trotz had to say specifically about Ryan Johansson as end of year media availability. So let's get into that quote and then we can break it down a little bit. I think Ryan's got uh, uh, the type of injury that he has. Uh, probably has a little bit more time to it, um, to getting to a place where he's going to, you know, get to so he can be a contributing player. Um, that's going to take, a, a, as I said, I think I was on, uh, on Jared Stillman's show. They asked me the same question, and I said, you know, Joey's going to have to have his best summer. Uh, the league is getting quicker. Uh, Joey is, Joey's a skillful player. He's got size, he's good on face-offs, he's got lots of things to offer, but the game is getting quicker and he's not, uh, that's not one of his strengths. So how do you get that half second back? You know, it's gonna be a summer training, all that. Uh, and then getting into a role where, where it makes sense for him as well. And uh, so right now I think he's, uh, he's, he's chasing the, the moving train a little bit, but it's, he can catch it. But he's going to have to have a, a really good summer, and uh, and then the, his play coming into training camp and all that will will sort of dictate his role uh, in terms of you know how how far up the lineup he plays, or you know, or far, how far down the lineup he plays. That's just the evolution of uh, as your team gets maybe a little deeper in the center ice, be it with like a Tommy Novak type guy or Parsons moving to the middle. There's there's lots of options for the coaching staff. So um, it's in the player's hands. Your thoughts, Ann? Very frank comments by Barry Trotz. Uh, and I think interesting that he just really lays it all out on there. And I like what he says about it's in the player's hands. You know, obviously the injury in the rehab, some of that is just going to go the way that it needs to go for Ryan Johansson. So the injury is a little bit of an X factor here and the recovery is a little bit of an X factor here. But Barry Trotz is really putting it out there for Ryan Johansson. I mean, this is, I'm, you know, I don't want to say he's calling him out, but he's calling him out mm-hmm. and, and publicly saying, here's here's what is going to have to happen and this is it. You know, I think it was a pretty bold 
um, frank statement by Barry Trotz about Ryan Johansson. Um, and I think it's an interesting conversation publicly. It's funny. Uh, I have listened to David Poyle for so long. We talked about him being really good at his own PR. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the little huh, just called somebody and said, who wants to make my last trade? And that's <laughs> how I got Rasmus Asplund. Yeah. You know, those kind of comments were like, is that true or not? Mm -hmm. um, this is a weird thing from Barry Trust to just say, yeah, Ryan Johansson's not really fast. Yeah. We need some fast players on there. So it's like, oh, that's uh that's very direct. That's like your head coach talking, not necessarily your GM. Yes. But it's interesting and for a number of reasons. I mean, this feels like Barry Trotz saying, you know, we don't really see him as a number one center because he doesn't have that speed that you need to keep up with a Nathan McKinnon or keep up with, mm -hmm. you know, a Steven Stamkos or whichever number one skilled center you're, you're battling in the NHL. But he also goes out of his way to say, you know, we can use him. Like he's right. got some really good skill sets. I mean, you and I have talked about Joey's skill before good face off. I think that's still for, for whatever reason have kind of become somewhat of an underrated stat over the past year or so with a lot of, analytics folks kind of downplaying the, the role of face-offs you've also you know you see him on the forecheck uh very active stick he causes a lot of disruption so it's one of those things where it's like okay the predators can definitely use them they play a role it's just when you look at that contract and two years left at eight million dollars and you're trying to revamp your team on the fly is it worth the role he's probably going to wind up playing or, or the role he's best suited for for that much and if not then what do you do yeah and i think that's the question i think there's this off season is a two-part story for ryan johansson number one what can he accomplish in this offseason? Of course, you know, he's got to rehab the injury he had shared that he's hoping to be skating by um i think he said mid-may and then just continuing the rehab process but Barry Trotz has said, it's not just you've got to get back to where you were. Barry Trotz is saying, you've got to improve. Yeah. You've got to get better. So I think the first thing to be really watching with Ryan Johansson is what can he accomplish in this offseason as far as speed, as far as you know, improving his skill set. Um, I don't think he can rest on that face-off thing anymore because you're looking at um, Mark Jankowski, you've got Colton Sissons, who's incredible. You so yeah. person in, in Cody glass and Tommy Novak, if that's something they work on, on the off season, you know, there are options to, to sort of supplant that little niche role for Johansson. So what he does in the off season is one thing. What happens with his contract is almost a separate story that's not going to unfold until we can see a little bit more. But it feels like there's a time crunch here for Ryan Johansson to prove something. And it's a little bit of a sticky wicket because some of that depends on healing of his injury. But he's got a lot of work to do this offseason. Also, I mean, think he's got a lot to do. Yeah, and it also kind of depends, at least on contract, uh, depends on where Barry Trotz sees this team. If he's looking to rebuild 
on the fly and get back to being as competitive as possible, there might be some other free agents or big trades you want to make that that $8 million cap hit has cleared up. But I think it's important to note, um, you know, you got to be careful because I know in our hot takes yesterday and we've seen this sentiment before, it's like, oh, if you trade Ryan Johansson, you know, you're going to have to package one of these picks and stuff like that. At the same time, let's keep in mind, A, that the Predators have cleared up a lot of cap space. Uh, You know, they have, you know, just over, you know, about $18 million to play with this offseason. And at the same time, Ryan Johansson's only got two years left. So it's like, are you, you know, that's the conversation from Barry Trotz. It's like, do you really feel like having him here is going to be doing more harm than good? Right. Or is it one of those situations? It's like, okay, you're not living up to your contract, but keeping you in here and just paying you $8 million for a lesser role may benefit us more than having to package some assets to move you out. I agree with that. I don't know that they're going to want to spend assets to move him. I also don't think retaining salary is a good option. When you look at who they have coming up that they're going to need to be signing in the next two years, I don't think they're going to be particularly interested in retaining salary. So I kind of lean that way where he, he is not a detriment to the team. He may not be what they want these last two years, what they expect from him. Maybe he will. And that's something I want to kind of dive into in a minute. But it may be less uh, costly for the Predators to keep him for two years than it is to try to move him. Yeah. So what's Ryan Johansson uh, thought about all this, all this talk about, you know, his injury, his recovery, what he needs to do this offseason, and just his thoughts on the team moving forward. So Ryan Johansson, of course, has been the the topic of conversation, Anne. But what's his thoughts Mm-hmm. on his role in the team, what he needs to do this offseason, his recovery and the direction of the team moving forward. Here's what he had to say on his locker cleanout day. We have a lot of belief. We're really proud of our group and what we've built here. And and uh, it's going to be kind of one of those off-seasons where there's there's no time to sit back. It's We're, we're going to keep that sour taste in our mouth and make sure we're back here playing and setting ourselves up to play for the cup. And, and uh, we have a lot of competition with this group. We've got a lot of young kids now who, who uh, prove they can play. And then we got a lot of older guys like myself that are going to say, hold on, it's not your time yet. Or you can, or you're going to take it and take my job. So we're going to have that fun competition within a good, a good team where we're constantly pushing each other to be the best we can be. It's a big summer for me. I'm be my 13th year next year. And I got a pretty serious injury that, I need to be, be uh, working very hard on to, to get that uh, as best as it possibly can be. And, and then, you know, now it's about just proving to my teammates and management coaches that I'm still a guy that can have a huge role on this team and help this team win. So uh, that's what's fun. That's, I take it as a, as a fun challenge, and, and uh, that's just what we do. And, and I, I'm looking really forward to it. First off, Anne, Jesus Christ, has it been 13 years? I know. Is his Joey's 13th season? Uh, wasn't he just drafted? Like, wasn't he like the young up and comer he got for Seth Jones? Like, is it really? Two days 13? ago. Yeah. That, that is, that's a team that, that Joey's career is in high school. 
right now. Right. And starting to, you know, sniffs or, you know, drink Smirnoff ices when their parents <laughs> come at home. That, that's all Joey's career has been. You know what the interesting thing about that soundbite is, Anne? What's that? Is that, you know, when you've heard stuff from the Predators leadership before, like, you know, Philip Forsberg, Roman Yossi, Matthias Ekholm, it's always been, you know, we're the guys that need to do it. We need to step up. Mm-hmm. You know, it, you know, this is kind of on us. You know, you heard like, you know, Matt Duchesne and Roman Yossi, especially after that. Remember that closed door yes. locker room meeting that seems yes. like that was five seasons ago at that point. It was only like, I think, four months. Yeah, that, that was the, the thing. It's like, you know what? We're the leaders on this team. We need to step up. We need to be the guys that are controlled. This is kind of the first shred of doubt from, you know, somebody like Yossi, somebody like, you know, Duchesne or anybody like that. This is like the first quote I've heard that's like, you know what? It may not be in our hands anymore. Like we may be getting outplayed a little bit here. And you see Johansson flat out saying, he's like, you know what? I have something to prove. And it's not just, I have to live up to my contract. I got to prove I can be the number one center. It's, I got to prove I can outperform these prospects on the team. That's kind of a jarring thing about what the message in this Predators locker room is. Like, look, you had this core. You had the chance to put this team on your back. Now we got Tommy Novak in the wings. We got yeah. Luke Evangelista coming into the fold. Phil Tomasino, Cody Glass. This is kind of the first indication to me of where this team's mindset is. This isn't just we're expecting you to carry the load anymore. This is if you're not going to perform, you may not have a spot on this team. And you heard that in Joey's answer. And you heard that, I think, in his demeanor and kind of the way he looked and talked about it. Yeah. And you know what? I I agree with you. This is a very unique place for these Nashville Predators veterans, but it's where they need to be. And here's the thing that I will say about the whole Ryan Johansson situation. His back is a little bit up against the wall this offseason for a number of reasons. The injury, the play of Tommy Novak, the play of Cody Glass, these young guys coming in, a very big transition in the locker room. I think this is exactly where Ryan Johansson needs to be. Because when I think about Matt Duchesne, when I think about, you know, these veteran players who have something to prove, the person that I think has the personality to really respond in the right way is Ryan Johansson. And I'm so interested to see what he does with this because he gets it. Like Ryan, you know, you heard from that soundbite. This is a guy who knows exactly where he stands. Like yeah. these young guys are coming for you. Are are this is my time? Are you going to take it from me? He knows exactly what he needs to do, and I will say that he is the player on this team that I think may respond in a way that blows people's minds. Yeah. I I'm very very curious this off season. And, and in training camp to see how he responds. Because I think this might be a big motivation thing for him. I think this may be a position, because we've talked about, you have Ryan Johansson, who's good. And then you have like that next level Ryan Johansson, who we sometimes see. I think Ryan Johansson may decide, I'm just going to go be next level Ryan Johansson. Yeah. This is an interesting situation. 
I can't wait to see how he responds. Yeah, this is to me is going to be one of the most intriguing storylines uh, heading into the offseason. 100%. Uh, more so than maybe some of the young players coming up is just what, is, you know, these veterans that are still on the team, what's their role going to be in this big picture for the Predators' future? So that is something I am absolutely excited to see. To a lesser extent, Anne, you have Matt Duchesne. Uh, a lot of people link him and Joey just because, you know, they were brought in to be the number one, number two centers. Uh, they're both making $8 million right. a year. You know, Duchesne, obviously, uh, career year two seasons ago in, in 2022. And I think that was kind of the time that people said, okay, much, much more like it. That's kind of what we were expecting to get. Um, you know, 56 points in 71 games this year is, is not bad, but again, kind of the same thing of, okay, not exactly kind of what we're paying him to do. Right. So, you know, we, we know Matt Duchesne, he's somebody with a lot of skill, you know, a lot of speed, some good heads up play, but again, and this to me is another conversation that I think is worth having. It's like, okay, are we getting our money's worth from Matt Duchesne? And if not, then what's kind of the next question we need to ask? Yeah, and I agree with what you're saying because Johansson and Duchesne are inexplicably linked because I think people are like, we're willing to pay one center $8 million. And so there is this, which guy is worth the $8 million and which guy would we want to get rid of? That's just the formulation of conversation about these two. But I think they're both in the same situation. I think the pressure is on Johansson a little bit more. Um, and Matt Duchesne, and, and I've been wrestling with this, you know, again, did not repeat the season he had, you know, his career's best season in, in 2022, didn't repeat that this season. The power play, I think, was a big element of that. But again, you have to ask which came first, the chicken or the egg? Did the power play suffer because Matt Duchesne wasn't playing as well? Or did Matt Duchesne not do as well because of the power play around him? Like, I think there's some nuance to what his game is going to look like going forward. Not as much pressure, I wouldn't say, as on Johansson. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot that these two guys need to prove this offseason. Yeah. I think the thing with, you know, Duchesne for me is when you brought him in, you were kind of expecting him to be the guy that elevates whoever he plays with. Um, and that really hasn't been the case. It's kind of been more the other way around. You know, Duchesne mm -hmm. plays his best hockey when he's with the best teammates on the team. Now, that's a no duh kind of thing, you know, but, you know, you look around the NHL, it's some of the truly great players and you can put AHLers next to Sidney Crosby and they'll yes. somehow have 50, 60 point seasons. Yeah. You know, you, you, the reason Tampa Bay is so good is because you can rotate whoever you want next to Stamkos and Kucherov, but they're still going to elevate whoever that other person is onto that, you know, uh, up into the upper echelon with Matt Duchesne, you know, where you remember his 13 point season, uh, you know, where everybody's like, well, yeah, I mean, he's with Nick Cousins and, you know, Eric Halla and whoever else was, was on that line. But at the yeah. same time, it's like to counter that, look what Phil Tomasino did in his rookie year, you know, got 32 points while playing with Michael McCarron and Matt Luff and, <laughs> yeah. you know, some other guys like and they looked really good playing next to Phil Tomasino. You wanted Matt Duchesne to be that guy. And he hasn't been 
that guy in Nashville, he's been very reliant on other people. And I think the big question mark comes in here is, okay, you got this roster with all these young up and coming players, guys that, you know, are going to need to play with other really good players to help grow their game. Is that where Matt Duchesne comes in? Like, is yes. that, is that the guy that you want for that? Or do you want somebody who is going to kind of help elevate those players to their next level? Yes. And one of the things that Barry Trotz said a couple of times on Monday was you need your best players to be your best players. And I think you hit the nail on the head with Matt Duchesne. Matt Duchesne is a really great player, but you need him to make the players around him better. I, I think you hit the nail on the head right there where what is it that might be missing from Matt Duchesne's performance that is affecting the team? He is a great player, but he needs to make the other guys around him better. And like you said, the direction this team is headed, those veterans have to make the players around them better. Can he do that? That's a million dollar question that I think is going to be had. Well, take that back. An eight million, eight million dollar question. That I think is going to be had. <laughs> That's true. Uh, much more to get to this offseason. There's so many storylines. You know, there's a big talk about who the Predators are going to draft. What are they going to do with some of this extra capital? We're going to go through it. We got player report cards coming up this season. But tomorrow, Anne, feel like we should do a plus minus, don't you? Yes. A season ending a plus minus taking a look at some of the highs and lows of the Nashville Predators this season, barring anything crazy that happens between now and then that'll be tomorrow's show. So be sure you tune into that. Also send us uh, what your thoughts on Twitter are. If you got any pluses or minuses from this season, we'd love to hear them. And where can people find your work? You can find my work online at insidethepreds.com. You can find me on Twitter at NK underscore Mama on Ice. You can find me at penaltyboxradio.com. Follow me on Twitter at underscore NS Morgan. As we mentioned, follow the podcast on Twitter, LO underscore Predators. And however you're listening, whether it's via podcast or via YouTube, hit that subscribe button. You'll always be the first to know when we got new stuff for you. That's going to do it for us on today's Locked on Predators podcast. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We'll be back tomorrow with a special season-ending plus-minus.